0: Hey, this is James Cratch, Giants beat writer for the Star-Ledger and NJ.com, and you are listening to JK, but seriously, real football injury talk. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Heads and Tails Injury Report. Today, Josh and I will be covering the injuries surrounding the NFC and AFC Championship games for the 2017 season, all with the hope of making the game of football safer to play for generations to come. Josh, thanks again for... Uh, stopping by the Heads and Tails recording studio, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. my living room. Uh, we're going to start off today with the Patriots-Jaguars game. Patriots won this game 24-20. to And the first injury we're going to talk about is one that I'm sure most people heard of, about leading up to this game, uh, which was Tom Brady, the quarterback for the New England Patriots, uh had a hand injury that he suffered in practice. can you uh give us the the low down on what happened with that? Yeah, I can try i mean it's lots of what ifs and, yeah. and question marks surrounding it
1: yeah, so they obviously they didn't um go into a lot of detail and there's no video of practice, so they don't have to show you, you don't have a video of what actually happened. They said he got into a collision um it took a couple days for it to actually come out who he actually ran into. I guess they said he ran into a running back. Uh, Rex Burkhead, one of their running backs, somehow. It, I Freaking don't know. Burkhead. Yeah, I don't know if it was in like the course of a play or I don't. It, uh, like I said, they didn't handoff exchange. Yeah, maybe. Um, and they just said it was his hand. They didn't say if it was like a, like he, it was a finger, like a broken finger or whatever. And it turned out, I guess it turned out to be he got a cut on that. Back of his hand, so he had i guess he needed stitches. I thought to, it was more on his palm i thought i I thought it made it sound like it was on the back of his hand. I
0: have a picture on Twitter that I saw, so someone took a zoom in picture
1: and based on the
0: picture i think e s p n posted it it's like a laceration like right underneath his um i guess like the little joint of your where your
1: thumb yeah, meets your hand It's a pretty big thumb right there it's a gash. Yeah. So uh, I guess he needed some stitches to cut it off. Uh, not cut it off, uh, close it up. Um, and I guess that was the, of course, the storyline going into the game uh, was, uh, I guess everyone knew he was going to play, but if it would, just basically, would it affect him at all?
0: Yeah. Um, and t- Tony Romo was dissecting every throw and yeah. warm ups that he was taking.
1: Yeah. He's, and, and then the game started, and of course he seemed fine. So I, um, I don't. I would be surprised if there's any lingering effects going forward. Um, if anything is gonna be better. So yeah, unless obviously something. I Can't imagine something would happen uh, again. But like you said, you just no one expected this to happen. So you, you, like you said, you never you never know what can happen in practice. I mean, they're still playing. They're it's still, like a box of chocolates. Yeah, they're still moving around. So you never know what you're gonna get. Um, but to me, I, I, it's like one of those things where. I would I would have been shocked if there was if it had any effect or if he didn't play it would have been like I, would I mean you're pretty. a baseball guy think about having a
0: lacerated you know thumb on your throwing hand wouldn't that if you're a pitcher maybe um, yeah. I, I, like, and plus, like in a football, like yeah. the football hits that part of your hand when you're gripping the ball yeah. as opposed to baseball, you might be able to get away with yeah. it. I'm
1: sure they numbed it up so he couldn't feel it. And it was the, it was his top hand when he was taking – was his top hand? I think it was his top hand when he was taking snaps, right?
0: It's right hand, yes. Yeah, so right hand would be yeah, top hand. Yeah. So, so you just
1: grab and go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, obviously I'm sure it had a, – a, a, I'm sure he felt it. I'm sure it had some effect, but obviously it didn't – Affect him that bad. It didn't affect him enough, so – Okay,
0: uh, that's a that's the only really or injury leading into the game. But the biggest headline from uh, the game itself was Rob Gronkowski's, uh, the New England tight end, uh, with a concussion on a hit that was penalized for unnecessary roughness, and all the videos um, are on our our blog post. That you could make your own opinion on. We also posted on our Instagram account. Lots of people weighed in on their opinions on the hit. Um, Josh, could you take us through the play a little bit, and then we'll kind of dissect and talk about what we think.
1: Yeah, I'll talk about, about the play, play, and then I, I want you. I want you to go first. Um, just thoughts and opinion wise. So he was uh, Gronk was running like a seam pass. Uh, like he he runs a lot where he's kind of split out tight to the line, and he just kind of runs a little straight route, probably twenty five thirty yards down the field um the throw was high it wasn't overthrown but it was above his head so he had to kind of leap and jump his hands are extended above his head to um to try to catch it uh and the defender is coming
0: he's off the ground at this point too yeah, both he's feet off jumping the
1: jumping in the jumping in the air uh and the defender's coming from really straight across from his side um so they kind of meet at the same time when the ball gets there perpendicular yeah and there and there's helmet to helmet contact and it, in in Gronk got a concussion. Um, for as many times as they showed the replay, they didn't show his reaction, reaction at all. Yeah. Like, was he, he stumbling? Or... Even, even after it, they like, you could tell that he was really woozy and couldn't stand up straight or walk straight, but like the camera wasn't focused on him, and they immediately cut to the replay, and then they just showed the replay a million times. They never really showed um, how – how much the symptoms really showed because they, I, you could tell that he was he was really woozy. Just you, you can tell the way as soon as their their eyes. You can tell their eyes, but you can tell almost the way they hit the ground because they don't like brace themselves right as much as you think you would w- you would when you're going to the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like when there's like limp. Yeah. When there's that lack helmet. of motor control. Yeah. So there's that head to con- head uh, contact when they're in the air. And then, like, like you said, they kind of go limp, but they don't brace themselves. They almost hit the ground. They hit the ground harder than you normally would um, just because you can put your hands out or you can put your arms out to kind of brace it. But um, I thought it was interesting they didn't really show his symptoms at all. And, and and he didn't come back in the game. So that's, it's a positive for the concussion protocol because that's exactly what – um
0: yeah star player getting a concussion in a big game yeah and they're down at that point in time
1: yeah very similar to the travis kelsey thing except the score was reversed but uh the symptoms and the reaction were very were almost same it happened the same point in the game right before halftime same position on the field yeah and their their reactions to the hit were very very similar they just could like just a lack of balance and um awareness i guess so uh just based on how I saw it, I wasn't surprised that he didn't come back in the game, but um, I I wasn't certain that he wouldn't until they said he would. And even when they came back at halftime, I guess Kelsey, they said the same thing. Is they said he was questionable to return after halftime, so they didn't rule him out right away. I mean, they could have, but they just they don't need to tell us that, and they don't need to tell anybody that. I mean, right. they could have very well told him right away that he wasn't going back in the game, and they don't need to publicize it. But, um, so what do you, uh, and then we'll talk about kind of the reaction, the general reaction, what everyone's saying, and then what, what we think. So what do you, what do you think?
0: Yeah. So when I first saw the hit, obviously it was like a red flag. Like, obviously this is something that we would talk about because he was obviously visually visibly shaken up after the play. So it's kind of an indication that it result, the hit resulted in a concussion, but this is the exact type of play that I've been talking about and that gets me fired up like for years. Like I literally wrote uh an, like a blog post for my my friend Jay Fraga's uh, blog uh, called the Knockout Project probably 4 or 5 years ago when Gronk towards ACL um, on a similar play. And that was because the defender went super low and went for his knees and his leg was his foot was planted at the point of contact. And to me I just can't accept an answer or an excuse that says that, the you know, Gronk is too big of a guy, you, you know, you have to hit him low or hit him too high. I'm like, to me, it's just not, it doesn't fit with, like, the fundamentals of the game. Like, when you're taught how to tackle, you're not taught ever to hit high because, like, especially on a big dude, like, you're going to get your ass run over, and on the opposite end, if you go that low where you're actually hitting his knee, there's no way that you can like keep your head up to a point where your your neck is in a safe position. And I get it that you're you're then forcing the defender to hit in a target zone or like a strike zone type area, which is below the neck, above the knee, which is considered like the safe zone. So I I, I see where. The defenders can kind of complain, but on a six foot six guy like that, strike zone is pretty freaking big, and it's also a strike zone on a guy who doesn't see you coming. So I think probably the problem that I had with this particular hit, um, Barry Church was a safety for the Jacksonville Jaguars who made this hit. And in my opinion, he made zero attempt to even like go low. Like he was going high from the get go. I could like from his path that he was taking, there was not one instance where like he went low, and then I didn't even think Gronk even ducked down like turtle doll that much. He dropped the ball because he knew he was gonna get jacked up, and I could tell he was like trying to brace for impact because he knew what was coming. But I just feel like and I'm not saying that Barry Church's intention was to knock Gronk out of the game. He was trying to disrupt the play and to break up the pass. And at that point in the play, you know, his hands were up over his head. That's where the ball was. And he was going to bring it down into his chest. So if you're trying to, like, bite the ball or disrupt the the ball and create, you know, an incomplete pass – In that situation, yeah, you had to hit higher than tackling him at his waist. Tackling him at his waist, he probably still would have caught the ball or something like that. So I would say like, the upper chest or like direct chest area would have done the same exact result and it wouldn't have caused the the helmet-to-helmet hit. And I know the argument, too, is that he led with his shoulder. And you could see that he did try to lead with his shoulder uh, on the play But to argue that it was a bad call on the field because he led with his shoulder, that's just not knowing the rules of the game. Because the rules, it doesn't matter whether you lead with your head or lead with your shoulder. If you make forcible contact to the head or neck area on a defenseless receiver, which Gronkowski was in that situation, it's a penalty. So I think that's what got me more fired up than anything. It's like, how can you even say that this is a bad call? It's not a bad call. Maybe you don't like the rule, but it's not a bad call. Um,
1: I'll, I'll let you go now. (laughs) So, and, and we, we, we talked about this yesterday and we talked about this a little today also, um, before just to have our own side conversations, um, just to get a couple things straight. Yes, it's a it's a flag go from like in today's NFL that's going regardless of intent regardless of anything I don't care what he was trying to do what he did do what he wanted to do they're gonna call that like you said the biggest thing is you can disagree with the rule but uh, yeah that's it's gonna be a flag just because of there's there the how how it sounds and it's it's it sound how it sounded because it was helmet to helmet um like I said regardless of intention so it's that going to be a flag the other thing is he didn't do it on purpose he wasn't trying to knock Gronk out I mean that's the one thing like I was I stayed off of Twitter this for today the last two games and I was it's it very eased it eased my soul a little bit because I didn't have to like see all the bullshit that people say about just because there's so many people on it and obviously there's so many people watching and they just they want to get their opinion out they want to be heard it's also like emotional opinions yes yes I I was trying not to do that it's just like the political debate like you're so especially like if you're a fan of either team like you're gonna have the dire opposite opinions, and you're gonna feel so strongly about it. No one was trying to knock Gronkowski out of the game. Okay, did the Jags maybe have a better chance of winning if he didn't play the rest of the game? Yes, but no. But they're not trying to go out and knock him out of the game. So let's get that straight. There was no okay. This was my shot to knock him out. G- yeah. Give Gronk a concussion so he can't come back in the game anymore, and we and we can win and go to Super Bowl. There's there what that didn't happen. Um, the hit itself. And this is – my only thought playing devil's advocate kind of was, um, like you said, with this target strike zone. Like this play in particular and this type of play that we've talked about all year, he's not – for maybe – and right or wrong, the safety in these type of plays aren't trying to make a tackle per se. You know what I mean? Because the receiver doesn't have the ball yet. Right. Um, so it's disruption. It's pass disruption. Yeah, yeah. So it's and so the technique of how you're going about making contact is different than if you were trying to make a tackle. You know what I mean? Because if because if he, he if he catches it three yards earlier and has possession, he's not going to hit him the same way because now instead of trying to break up the pass, here he already has the pass. Now he's just trying to break, make make a tackle. You know what I mean? So just because of how bang bang the play was, his philosophy on what type of play he's making is different. Okay? I hear that. Yep. And the other thing that we've talked about all year is okay, keeping your head up, seeing what you hit um to be safer for yourself. Um and in my opinion on a play like this with the uh, with the size and all the factors of these two guys, if Gronk is 6-6, six, six. this guy was uh, a very yeah, church long 6-6. Oh, yeah. regular normal size for an NFL. If he goes low, not even low. Okay, obviously if he goes thigh or lower he's gonna have to put his head down missile down and yeah but even if he's if he's aiming for his belly button his chest he's gonna have to drop his eyes and drop his head I I I I think I mean you would know a little bit better. Obviously, I've never played football, but if he's going to, because him being six two, even to get to the, his chest area, he's gonna have to go down to get there. Okay, he doesn't. He he might not lead with his head, but he can't make contact without dropping his eyes to hit him there. So what Church did, like I think it's unfortunate. Um, I think it's a penalty. Because just because of how it, but I don't think there was any intent at all. Um, if if the ball was high like it was, but maybe a three, a two feet towards the sideline, and Gronk's head was falling away, away, the hit would have been completely clean. Because if you look at the replay, okay, their heads made contact, but Church's shoulder made contact with almost the top of Gronk's Stress, numbers, which yeah. is exactly I think. His target area, where by him, he's in. I'm sure in his mind, and it's all going really fast. But I'm not leading with my head. I'm. I can see Gronk the whole time. I'm trying to lead with my shoulder, and I'm putting it in his numbers to knock to disrupt the ball. Okay, but when it happens, when everything happens so fast, he's keeping his eyes up, and their heads just their heads collide. Yeah, it's almost like Gronk
0: kind of fell on top of him yeah. because he was much higher, yes. and he kind of like. Gronk falling on helmet to helmet, like yes. that's kind of almost what it was yeah. like.
1: So, so, so to me, like I wouldn't even like I wouldn't tell Church to do anything differently on that play. To be honest, you know what I mean? Because if he goes, like I said, if he if he goes any lower than he does, um, I think he puts himself at risk of injuring himself. Of plays that we've seen when you drop your when you drop your head and you lead with your head. Because if you drop your head, you're gonna lead with it. You can't. Yeah. He can't go any lower while keeping his head up and leading with something else you know what I mean um so and just moving forward and moving past this play this is my worry about um a targeting rule and and going forward with the NFL ejecting ejecting players so um because if you kind of put it in uh, perspective with the college rule so can you say? any defenseless receiver penalty is your eject is your ejection penalty you know regardless of what it's called whatever it is mm-hmm. can there be two can there be a uh, necessary roughness defenseless receiver and then a separate penalty for targeting like or are they just going to combine it into one and say every defenseless receiver unnecessary roughness is is your ejectable penalty because in my opinion he shouldn't get ejected for that. Okay, if you want to find him, you can find him, okay? We've talked about the fines all, all year. Yeah.
0: But I think to, to Barry Church's defense, he didn't launch himself. No. He did, and when people launch, that's when I feel like the intent might be something
1: different yes. than just trying to break up a play. Yeah, but we have the benefit of seeing, of watching this play over and over again and sitting on it for a day and thinking about it. So now if you're asking, if you're going to involve some sort of ejection, on a, on a regular basis for these type of plays going forward in the future in, in the NFL. Now you're asking these referees who most of the times, like this play was – Already the, have a hard time They already have a hard time. Yeah. But in this case, so this play is in the middle of the field. The back judge is probably 25 yards behind the play. The side judge is probably 15 yards on the sideline away. So now you're asking those one of those two guys to judge intent, you know, so it's gonna, to me, I, I just I, I don't know how the NFL will go about doing it because the easiest thing to do, just like when they changed you go back to the, the, to the catch rule, but years ago, they, with, with the catch rule on the sideline, the referees used to be able to judge whether they thought you would have gotten two feet down, and they could and they called it a catch, okay So like if you were jumping and in the air and a defender drove you out of bounds, they used to be able to call it a catch. Based on their judgment of they thought you would have got two feet down, you know, and then the NFL was like, "This is kind of silly, let's just make it black or white, regardless of if you're forced out, if the defender picks you up and carries you out of bounds, if you don't get two feet in you know it's, yeah. it's, it's it's not a catch so it's really I feel like it's really hard for the NFL to say, okay we're going to have a, a targeting quote unquote targeting type of rule that you can get ejected for, but if your intent is whatever." your intent to harm, whether that be launch or leading with your crown or your helmet, whatever it is, then you'll get ejected. But if that's not your intent, you're not going to get ejected. Mm. But how uh, are they going to, It's. I think it's going to be hard for them to enforce that without just saying, okay, any defenseless receiver penalty, unnecessary roughness is, now you now you're ejected right which would which to me would be hard to swallow in cases like this where yeah they, did he really deserve that yeah no like to me like there's he, sh- he there's no way that you can eject him for that play cuz it there's no i don't think there was an intent there but you but but you have to flag him right. i think so i have a couple things for based off of what you said
0: i know i've i've seen the play a million times since it happened so it's easy for me to kind of like analyze and project what could have happened or could have been done differently, but I don't think to say that if he went lower, he wouldn't have been able to keep his head up. I don't think, as a player, myself, you know, in high school, and also just thinking of other positions on the field, like, think of, like, defensive linemen. They're in a three-point stance, they're at waist level, and they have their heads up.
1: Yeah, but they're not, they're going against stationary guys. Gronk's running, Twenty miles an hour down the field. That's at, yeah. yeah, that's
0: true. I I guess like when I look at the hit, they're both standing straight up, like the receiver's straight up and the and the safety yard they're straight up when they hit. Like there was zero attempt to like go lower. And I I don't know. I just feel like in that situation. He could have went a foot lower had the same result and
1: not. I also think he could have gone a foot lower with his shoulder and still based on how Gronk was almost falling and they still would have made head-to-head contact. You know what I mean? Just because of the angles the so. angles of where they were coming from and going to. Right. You know what I mean? Like if he's it's I I just think whether he's if he's leading with his shoulder and his head is up if it's a foot lower He's he's still gonna make head to head contact. It's he's not doing it on purpose, but just because of where the trajectory of where Gronk's going, it would have happened. Like the only way he doesn't make head to head contact is if we talked about all year, he buries his head and he doesn't see anything. Now right. he's not making head to head contact, but now he's putting himself at risk of getting a head to a hip and knocking himself out. Right. So Well, there's a lot of comments obviously
0: on Twitter about this and um well i'll I'll say some quotes about what Barry Church said after the game, kind of defending himself on the hit, so um at his locker after the game, Barry Church defended the hit and attempted to encapsulate the difficulty of a safety in the in that position, attempting to hit a player at full speed. It's tough, man, it's tough, Church said if you go too low on a guy, you're considered a dirty player and you can risk guy's knees if you go too high on a guy, it's unnecessary roughness, which is essentially what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So we we understand that it it's easy for us to say when we're not trying to make a play and our job isn't on the line to when our job is to break up a pass. You know it's a little different. He added that holding his hands about eighteen inches apart over his chest, they want you to hit between here and here when you're moving all when you're all moving a hundred miles an hour. It's pretty much impossible. And that eighteen inch target zone, I don't. It's bigger than eighteen inches in, in my opinion. That's why I. I don't know. That's what that, I don't think. That's I think that's an excuse.
1: 18 inches is a foot and a half, so it's probably. I on, mean,
0: yeah, but on Gronk, that goes from know. his neck to not even his belly button.
1: Well, it's yeah, it's not that much bigger though. Your if you think your belly button to, I would say, your I mean, you can't go. Just I mean. Think about how high you can go. I mean, you can't even include your shoulders because then now you're getting chin, which is going to be a penalty. So it's got to be. I mean, it's your. It's probably about eighteen to twenty inches, just from your belly button to your boobs. Think you think about the line between your belly button and your tits. Whoa, dude! Your nipples, your nipples, <laughs> nipples, nipples. to belly button. That's going to be navel to nip. It's gonna. It's gonna be about that. It's not that much bigger than that. Yeah. Uh, then
0: they said the. The dilemma for church summed up the difficulty of a safety making a play in that situation, and then this is what church said. the guy is going up and stretching, and he's already six foot eight. you know he's jumping in the air. I felt like I had time to hit him in the chest without having to go low. He brought it down then he when he brought it down, I led with my shoulder and I guess i hit i i hit, he said he hadn't watched the film yet, but I felt like there was a lot of he said I felt there was a lot of head to head contact. It was nothing intentional, yeah. which we'd never accused yeah. him of being intentional. Yeah. But yeah.
1: like I said, and like uh, the defensive backs love to say, I mean, this is basically word for word what everyone said all year when they get flagged for it. Um, but I mean, they just have to uh, they have to accept that okay, they're you're gonna get you're gonna get flagged for plays that you had no intention of making head to head contact on, and head to head contact happened. Um, kind of like we saw all year. Then uh, sometimes it's a quarterback's fault, but you know what? That's um, it is what it is. Just so like, like I said, I don't think there was intent there, but it's it's a penalty. Unfortunate. It's it, it's unfortunate because he did lead with his shoulder, but it's it's still a penalty. But I I I would hate to see a world where he gets ejected for that. Right. Uh, I'm just gonna read a couple. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he deserves to be
0: ejected for that either. How
1: do you think? Well, before you read, how do you think the NFL should approach a targeting rule? Then, like, do you think you have to make the refs have some sort of intent, or is it like? Crown of helmet contact only. Like, I don't, what is the best way to do it, or do you say, okay, you can't, you, we're not going to, are going to continue next year, starting next year? Do you? What, what like, we, we've talked about after? Yeah. What, do, I, you, what I, do you think is the best thing? I think
0: if you narrow it down to a launch and the crown of the helmet, that would, to me, indicate rule or be grounds for um, being thrown out of a game. So it's got to so it's got to be a something different, because cause Barry Church in that situation, you could see he tried to hit with a shoulder. That was like his intent, and he made contact with the chest. It just ha- it just so happened that he collided heads in the process. And yeah. I'm I don't think he tried to do that. And I think had he thrown himself out, out of control, he could have easily. Yeah, he could
1: have. He could have launched and hit him under the chin. And
0: yeah, it really nice his stay up. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't do that. So in my opinion, it's the launch and is the hitting with the crown of the helmet that like you see Vontez yeah. do every yeah. five seconds. So
1: there needs to be a separate maybe not a separate penalty, but a separate sub a Subcategory. It's a, it's a separate penalty that you get ejected for. Right. A different tier of the rule. Yeah. If you exceed it,
0: you pay. Uh just gonna read off some comments from the Instagram post on the on the hit. Um Black colossal or is it cult I don't know it doesn't I matter what yeah, doesn't matter army um said bad call, didn't lead with his head, hit with the shoulder hit shoulder to shoulder first, and saw that he and saw what he hit I mean that's uh, yeah, I get it, that's not the point,
1: so it's not the rule, yeah, so your argument is all everything you said is right, but that doesn't make it not a penalty unfortunately. Yeah. You could disagree with the, with how the that's, you could disagree with the rule, which basically instead of saying bad call, he should say, I don't agree with the rule. Right. Because it is a penalty. And then we got, um,
0: Benny boy, my former coworker said, bad call led with his shoulder. If he would have went low, he would have shredded Gronk's knee. And yeah, we, I we, I get that argument, but it's still not the rule. Yeah. Like if you get, if we're going yeah. by the rules in yeah, it's place, still not the rule. um, Brady ca- uh good call. Helmet to helmet and defenseless. Glad it was called. Big guys like Gronk don't always get those calls. Um, then there's some rebuttals going back and forth. Uh, Pablo L. Co- Comedian uh, said at some point they need they have to have they have to make it a point to eject players. Sort of. Like going back to the Greg Robinson Saints D, if the goal is to knock players out of the game, only the quality of the game will suffer. Yeah, but that's yeah. Like,
1: but I couldn't disagree. Well, were yes, you're right about what you said, but it doesn't equate to this play. Like, there was no intent, intent to injure in right. this play, and you uh. can't you can't eject him for that. Um. But you, even but if you do start ejecting guys, you're going to start walking a fine line between judging intent. Regardless of how you write you write up the rule, you know what I mean. Yep. You can write up the rule, okay. You have to launch. You have to leave with the crown of your helmet. But now, I mean, even in saying that, you you're still you're still judging that that intent is whatever. Right.
0: So Richard Sherman was quick to chime in. He's always chiming in on this kind of stuff, whether it's Thursday night
1: games yeah. or he's very. I mean, he's anti NFL. He's always been, and yeah, he's just he's going to be. So his. Um, response was the hit on
0: Gronk is the only way church could have done his job with uh, without just obliterating Gronk's knee if he would have just hit him low most people would call him dirty so there's nothing he can do to make everyone happy and do his job unless you think he should let unless you think he should, should let him catch the ball then he says would love to see some of these fans play the game they all have such great perspectives uh, with a little sarcastic emoji. I uh, couldn't even imagine playing at the speed and intensity that these men are playing at split second decisions.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I I I agree, but it's just in today's NFL it's going to be a penalty. It's just so you can disagree with it, but I mean like I said it just today that's a penalty regardless of his intent. But I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't think he should change. Like if that play happened again, I think he I would think he would do the same thing. And then he might not make helmet to helmet. He might not make head-to-head contact. Right. Um, yeah, I, I guess
0: what I got frustrated when our buddy Evan sent me, he, he mentioned shouldn't me have been in a in that penalty. tweet.
1: Is yeah. that, yeah. Like. But him saying, and then to me, maybe I'm putting word in his mouth, but, and the more we talked about it, I think he started to realize, but him saying it shouldn't be a penalty is really him saying, I don't like that that's a penalty. Like, right. I don't agree with the rule. No, rules. yeah, and you I wasn't I mean? just
0: now saying that, I, I was uh, frustrated with Evan's response. Like, I I, I get that it's yeah. more that they just don't like the rule. Yeah. But I was saying that I was frustrated with Richard Sherman because our buddy Evan mentioned me in that tweet so I could see it. Yeah. And when I read the tweet, it's like, why do I care so much if these guys don't care, like, about protecting themselves?
1: Yeah, like, And but I think a lot of it, and this is especially with Richard Sherman, is he wants to be on the opposite side of the argument because – I mean, the argument right now is to kill the player and kill the – like, he wants to be on the opposite side of the argument, you know what I mean, regardless of what he actually thinks.
0: Right. Uh, I'm just going to read off some other prominent tweets. Uh, Chris Nowinski, uh, who we frequently – Posted stuff on the podcast says, I feel terrible for Rob Gronkowski, but his balance problems were some of the clearest concussion signs you will ever see. He's done for the day unless the Patriots and the NFL only want to talk about the concussion protocol for the next week. Here's the hit. And he posted the the hit on his account. Um, and he's been talking about, you know, this stuff all season for sure. Um, then we got Adam Kaufman uh who I started following after I saw this tweet was said that my 5-year-old gets the NFL better than most of us after Rob Gronkowski after the Rob Gronkowski hit he said did they just bump his helmet because they didn't want him to play anymore so I just thought that that was interesting because a 5-year-old watching the game noticed the implications of head injuries um you know
1: yeah, that's kind of what they're associating it with now. Even though, like, like you kind of said, I just I don't think it's that's true at all. Like, they're, obviously, they're not going out and trying to um, knock knock people out of the game. But um, it is it's different in the aspect of ten years ago. Grant, I think, 100% comes back in to start the third quarter. Like, um, I, I don't I don't think he misses the rest of the game. But now it's um, it can be bad for the NFL in in the sense that um, people can say. Oh, you can go after guys' heads to knock them out of the game. It gives you a better chance to win. So, I mean, um, like you said, it can, it can be bad for the NFL in that a- aspect. But at the same time, I don't think anybody's actually. Like, I don't think any any defensive player or offensive player is, has that thought in their mind. Like, okay, we need to we need to knock Gronk out of this game so we can win. So, and the easiest way to knock him out is to hit him in the head and give him a concussion so he can't come back in the game. It's, yeah,
0: I just don't think that's. True. And we talked about that previously. And then another. Tweet uh, was Steve Warren, who said, "I don't care who wins uh, this one, but a league who that cares about headshots I would make that an ejection." Gronkowski is six foot six, wasn't leaning forward. Barry Church is six foot one and had to really go out of his way to deliver a headshot. And I don't really necessarily agree with the ejection part of it, um, which we've talked about earlier. But I do feel like Barry Church might have gone out of his way to deliver the shot a little higher than. I thought necessary, yeah.
1: but this is again—it's a very—it's a anti-NFL where I just—I don't think you can—I don't think you want to start ejecting guys for that. I just, I just don't think the intent—the intent's there. But, but it is—that's your very anti-NFL Twitter view that everyone likes to have—the
0: popular yeah. opinion, like you said. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think there's any possibility of a fine on this play?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, he'll—he'll he'll get fines. Um, We've—we've we've talked about it, I guess. I would say 90 to 95% of these, if you get a penalty, you'll get fined. Um, it's just the way the fines work is there's no, there's no way of any levels of egregiousness to the fines, you know, it's just if you get this penalty and it's your first offense, you'll get fined $9,000. So I'm sure it'll get fined as nine grand and, and that'll be the end of it. But there is no like, okay, this one was kind of bad. Um, so it's 20,000 and this one was really bad. So it's 50,000 like it used to be. Um, so, it's just yeah, he'll get fined, but in the grand scheme it doesn't doesn't really make I don't think it makes a difference. You know, and I just I don't I don't think the guys change um how they play at all. Especially on ones like this. Yeah, he's gonna get fined because he got a penalty. But it's not gonna have him change anything. And right. I don't even know if he should change anything. because um, I don't think he was it was It's not you, it's me. Yeah, well it's just it's it's not I don't I don't think that one's it's gonna really be a recurring thing. You know what I mean? I think it was,
0: I got you. Uh, so, is there anything else you want to talk about on from that game before we move on to the Eagles Vikings game?
1: Uh, the last thing is um, the one, just the one thought I had watching the game, and I've thought this before, but just I think the NFL needs to change the pass interference penalty from um, from being a spot of the foul penalty to being whatever 15 yards automatic first down kind of like it is in college um it just doesn't really mesh with the rest of with any other penalty that they have in the nfl it's like um some of these pass interference calls just can be so debated of whether they actually are or are not pass interference um and when they're so deep down the field it has such a great impact on the game if they call i mean they're 40 50 yard penalties where nothing else that you can do in the game can you give the other team 40 yards of field position. It just doesn't – it doesn't – Doesn't like I said, it doesn't mesh with any other penalty. So um, make it – just make it like uh, – make it 15 yards, give them a first down, and and, and move on. It's just – the the one thing I kind of equate it to is if you do the same action that would qua- quantitate pass interference, but the quarterback hasn't thrown the ball yet, it's illegal contact, which is only a five-yard penalty. But if the ball is in the air, now it's pass interference and it's a spot of the foul penalty. Like, I get the point of the rule. is They they were trying to protect uh, probably when the forward pass first started from guys just tackling people so they couldn't score. Just taking
0: score. the 15 yards,
1: yeah. Well, just so they, they couldn't score touchdowns. Well, they know they're beat. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah they, they, they know they're beat, so I'm going to tackle them so they can't score a touchdown. But you don't really see that. Like, all the pass interferences that you see aren't – Okay, I know I'm beat. I'm gonna dive and tackle the guy's like legs. Grabbing I'm arms, yeah. And stuff. yeah. Like, there's just so much contact nowadays, and there's so many deep balls that these pass interference penalties change. They change the course of the game, and a lot of times they're. Like they're debatable penalties, so it's just hard when a debatable penalty can be 50 yards of field position and can really swing a game. Whereas, okay, if it's 15 yards on the first down, now the offense still has to earn it more. Than they do if it's 50 yards. Um, it just, like I said, it has a huge impact on the game where no other penalty is like it really.
0: So, so what do you think about this idea for the NFL, where maybe taking the pass interference penalty and Making how that is a, a spot of the ball foul make the spot of the ball foul for uh, unnecessary roughness penalties on defensive receivers.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good idea because one, it, it you don't see a lot of defenseless receiver penalties that happen fifty yards down the field, but if they do, I mean, make it spot of the foul. Uh, so now at least defenders have to have to think about it um, a little bit more because, like we've said, it, a fifteen yard penalty doesn't isn't stopping them. The fine isn't stopping them. It's maybe it's changed them a little bit, but. Um, maybe it'll change more if they're 40 yards in the defensive backfield. and it's going to be a spot of the foul penalty. More is um, at stake, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, okay, if I get called for pass interference and I just I I, I hit them early, it's going to be 15 yards. I I, I mean I think that's uh because if you think about it, a defensive receiver penalty should be is a worse penalty than uh, me grabbing your arm, maybe slightly, kind of not really, um, and you getting 50 yards out of it. So I don't know. Exactly. That's kind of what
0: I what I was thinking. So. Uh, let's move on to the Eagles Vikings game. Um, if Josh doesn't sound enthused, it's because I'm. I, we had some technical difficulties, and we actually already talked about this, but we it didn't get recorded. So uh, the Eagles won this game, 38 to seven. And really, the only injury talking, or that they were talking about, not even talking about, just going into this game was Andrew Sandejo's uh, concussion, which we talked about last week, and he ended up playing
1: in this game. It looked like a bad concussion last week. Like we said, we kind of we talked about it how uh, how the symptoms looked on the field at the time when he got hit. Um, he started the game. He played. He didn't finish the game, but it was he got a, he had a calf injury, so it was a different injury that uh, caused him not to finish the game. Um, but like you said, no one really it wasn't really that big of a story going into the game or during the game or no one was up in arms when he was playing uh, a week after getting a concussion because he was a, he's a safety and he's not a really big household name even though he's an important part of their defense specifically um he's not a quarterback he's not a star wide receiver so um it just wasn't that big of a deal uh kind of pu- publicly
0: wasn't a headliner yeah. going into the game yeah uh at least well he's not doesn't have to worry about the concussion anymore because yeah. he'll be watching from uh his couch Uh, And then we're going to finish up this episode with some extended conversation, uh, going back to Richard Sherman, and he, I think a week ago, he kind of ripped on the NFL concussion protocol saying that it was an absolute joke, Um, and he basically said this in a Players Tribune video that they posted on Twitter, and he basically thinks that the whole concussion protocol is just to show the public that the NFL cares about concussions, it's like a PR stunt.
1: And and we've said some similar type of things um, about the NFL and how um, a lot of the stuff is um, just to to appease the public, kind of. Um, But whereas there might be some backing to that, at the same time, I think I would at least say, I don't know if you agree with me, that there has been signs of improvement, um, at least looking at it, in the last couple of years and this year alone specifically. Um, I think there teams were doing a better job of um, seeing concussions on the field, taking guys out of games, not letting them return to games, having them miss games because of, uh, of, of concussions. Um, I think it's going in the right direction. So it's hard to really say, Oh, it's a whole, it's the it's a hundred percent a joke. Uh, it's just, it's all public. I, I, I think I, yes, I think the creation of it um, at first was Partly to right the reactionary aspect to uh, it, a way yes. of going about things. Yes. yes, we need to show the public that, and we need to, we need to, and kind of like we talked about. Uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. We need to make it known to the public what we're doing. When in all in all reality, they the NFL shouldn't be required or shouldn't need to let the public know what their stance and know what they're doing, what their team doctors are doing in regards to to to, to concussions. But they did it so they can say that they're doing it. But at the same time, um, yeah, you can cherry pick your individual situations that um, look bad on the NFL, like the Tom Savage thing. Um, but there's going to be those situations no matter what the protocol is. Um, but I I think there has been a lot of positive steps and a lot of uh, steps in the right direction for with with the protocol and because the protocol is in place. So I don't think you can completely say uh, it's the NFL is a joke because of it, and it's not. It's it's just, it, it, it's a sham because I don't think that's true either. But um, like I said, I kind of like we talked about. It, it's, I think them making it so public was to at least originally part partly was to see to show the public like, see this is what we this is what the teams are supposed to be doing. This is our policy. This is this is what we this is what we're doing about concussion. Right. and I
0: have noticed that it, you used to see all those NFL evolution commercials and USA Football Heads Up program. Like I feel like you don't really see that stuff anymore. Yeah, they kind of moved away from it. Yeah, and. To me, I think it's partially because people weren't buying it. Yeah. You know, like those commercials with the, the moms and trying to yeah. tell the moms that it's okay to play football or whatever. Um, so maybe they're taking a more tasteful and effective approach to it uh, or more genuine approach. Uh, just one more comment on that uh, Sherman video. Uh, he, he was asked if... He would let his kids play football or not, and he says, yes, yes, my kids are going to play football. Uh, it's the ultimate team sport. It teaches discipline, it teaches teamwork, accountability, dependability. Uh, I think it will help uh, with overcoming fear, being courageous. I know how to tackle. I know how to play the game. I am going to teach my kids how to play the game the right way, and they'll be fined. So I thought that was interesting just based off of his comments on the Gronkowski hit and you know what he says is the right way to hit and he's okay with his kids hitting helmet to helmet apparently.
1: Well, we've talked we we've talked about uh at one point uh, the, the Seahawks are one of the uh, more progressive teams in terms of teaching tackling and tackling during practice, because they feel like they, they teach it the right way. So their guys don't get hurt while they tackle in practice, where some other teams are just like, we, we don't tackle during practice. But, um, so uh, there, I'm sure that's where his background is. Uh, I, like, I'm, I was taught the right way to tackle so I can teach that. Whereas, so tackling is not as dangerous. Um, and you've heard you've heard p- people on both sides of the argument of not letting their kids. Some some NFL players say uh, they won't let their kids play. Some ex-NFL players are saying I, I'm not letting my my kids play football. And then some players come out and say I'm, I'm encouraging my kids to play football. Um, so and just thinking about it a little bit and kind of a sneak preview to, towards next week without a without any games going on, we're going to talk about some. Future of the league, type of things where, um, from some outside sources from people who have talked about, uh, where they think the league's going and some ideas and some, I don't know, that, 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 that type of thing. But, um, it's the most, the most dangerous thing for the NFL and for football is the decline in youth football. And, um, I mean, we've, we, we've had arguments about, where we think the NFL is going and its popularity and whether it's trending up or trending down and all that stuff. But, uh, until it, until it hits home for people, whereas and still, um, until they can determine if you can develop CTE just from playing high school and if 15% of high school, if you've played four years at any level, you, you can develop, you, you develop CTE. Um, and until they, until football gets outlawed and, youth or high school or that type of thing I think that's that's that that's when you're going to see the biggest change in football but that's, um, that's a long way off and we'll talk about some of that stuff next week
0: yeah that's a discussion for next week and specifically we'll be discussing uh, the future of football with Chris Borland on the Ringer NFL show which is a podcast it was posted like
1: probably a month ago at this point I think it was yeah it was the week between Christmas and the years I think
0: yeah but it was, they, they brought us some really interesting points and we're just going to discuss our thoughts on those same exact points Um, but I think that wraps it up for this week. Um, We did have a bit of a technical glitch, Um, so if we seem like our energy was dipping down towards the end of the podcast, it's because we already talked about it and it just wasn't recorded. Uh, But thanks, everyone, for for tuning in. We'll see you next week.